We knocked out all five ingredients of your punch there, Micah. And almost under an hour. That's right. Really? That's got to be a record. Seriously, we're killing it. And uh, then we edit, and we're not going to even have an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Our intro Four and... Four minutes. You're missed. That's all we're leaving. Yep. <laughs> So I came up with an idea that I thought would work. It's called Punch Bowl Episodes, where we don't have a topic. We're just going to hang out and talk because... <laughs> oh, I get it. I didn't know that's what you meant before. <laughs> didn't you I read didn't the article? My yeah. notes? Yeah, okay, I did. So yeah, me too. Punches are traditionally four or five ingredients. Um, it's like a spirit, citrus, sugar, water, spice, that sort of thing. So I thought... Punch bowl episodes will do like four or five topics and we can just talk about whatever. And uh, I've got five on our note sheet here. So things we're going to be talking about from here on out. Clarified milk punch. We're going to talk about crystal clear ice. Prohibition a little bit. And since it is January, uh, we're going to do kind of a, your favorite thing that you had last year. I know on my notes it says 2020, but that would be silly. <laughs> favorite favorite drink or booze-related thing from 2019 and biggest miss of 2019. So, since we're talking about Clarified Milk Punch, we are drinking one. And this is the third time I've done one in the last three months. The first one... Uh, I got the idea from a YouTube series called What's Eating Dan. He does this like deep dive into the process, even down to should you do cold milk or boiling milk? Should you dump the booze into the milk or should you dump the milk into the booze? Like every variable. And so I'm taking his word on how you should do it. And I followed that recipe exactly except for the ingredients. I kept the same ratio and I made a mezcal last word mm. and it was awesome sounds delicious but yeah. you could i know these are supposed to be smooth and easy to drink but you could barely taste any booze it tastes really good but you got hardly any sort of punch to it yeah there's a lot of uh viscosity mm -hmm. to this and ours are kind of watered down which i'll get to later and so then the second one I went to Imbibe and took on their uh, DIY clarified milk punch, except I put in the ingredients I wanted. So instead of absinthe, I did uh, like green chartreuse and just messed around a little bit. And because I didn't want it to be so easy to drink, I tried to make it punchier by reducing the uh, tea, reducing the milk and reducing the sugar to try and make it a little more spirit forward. And it was still insanely easy to drink. So this one, my friends, that we are drinking, I have named Keeping It 100 Milk Punch. <laughs> so I took that same imbibe recipe and changed it so every booze is uh, equal amounts of it, half cup, and all of them had to be over 100 proof. A couple of them, 151 proof. So the average proof of the booze that we put in here is 121. My friends, is it punchier? Does it taste like that? Does it drink 121? No. It does not. Yeah. It definitely does not. This process is ridiculous. I tried to make this really boozy. As strong as possible. Yeah. Okay, then my question for you, or for both of you, is 
for real quick, real quick. Wow. Okay. I don't know if this cool. was wasn't in the middle of a question. Yeah. Well, I just have to make a statement. I don't know if this was caught or not by by you, because you said it. So I think you know what you said. <laughs> Did you start like? And we talked about what what happened in the last six months. Did you start liking mezcal? Did you say that you made a mezcal oh. last word at home? Didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, this guy can't get anything by him. So because we had Abel from Mezcal Carino, I picked up a bottle. Uh-huh. And I've been playing with it, and I thought, let's do a mezcal last word. Nice. Well, I'm coming around. Huh? That's right. Cool. Awesome. Well, didn't cover that in the beginning, but six months, Micah likes mezcal now. Yeah. Great. That... Thanks, Chanel. Thanks, Abel. Yeah, he didn't even tell us. And Ivan. Which, by the way, they just had, got in a new uh, new expression. Yeah, got saw a new, that. Uh, Espedin. So mm-hmm. We got a new expression and a new... Uh, New labels and everything. They're yeah. they're just uh, really amping it up over there. Yeah. Random. You want you know it's funny. A random side note. I was at my tailor ah. in the neighborhood. Uh, just started going to this tailor. Was sitting in there checking some stuff out. In walks Ivan, and I was like, Ivan Carreno, because Abel was on the podcast. But obviously, Michael, you know Ivan, mm-hmm. and I think I've met him once, but. Not as well as Abel. Don't know him as well as Abel. And he walks in and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Mike, podcast, all this stuff. And he immediately recognized me and and he tells me about the new expression. I was like, no, I haven't had it. We had the, the lineup that Abel brought over during the podcast. <laughs> he had all these shirts that he was getting tailored and everything. And he just says, oh, OK, hold on. And he puts them down and he runs out to his car and comes back with a little copita nice. and <laughs> the Espadine. <laughs> and he's like, you got to try it. With I was like, copita, you guys are the best, dude. man. He, he didn't have like, the, his pocket mezcal on him? <laughs> no, he didn't have a pocket. But I mean, he had his everything ready to go. It was pretty funny. And it was That's delicious, awesome. by the way. So yeah. those guys do some good work over there. Yeah. Um, my question originally way back when was going to be, what is the big benefit of, of the clarified milk punch? Um, is it to kind of uh, make it not less boozy, but kind of um, have it a little more subtle? Or is it to clarify it? Uh, I, f- I forgot the notes on the exact scientific process of it, and I should have, but this is a thing that was done, I think, back in the 1600s, and proteins from the milk react with the citrus, and it curdles, and it pulls out, and I'm, I want to say casein, something about that takes the harshness and just, like, really rounds and mellows and takes away any sort of punch part in the... Well, that's the thing. They're always so smooth yeah and kind of like silky i don't mm-hmm. get it as much in this but there's a lot of Great ice in this one but mouth. a lot of no time. but the yeah. silkiness Great is mouth. definitely yeah oh yeah. yeah that's kind of a staple mm-hmm. we're st- we might be some... six months later but we're still yeah, uh we still, still got plugging it mouthfeel. still got it yep is it casein or casein i've that always I known know. it as casein we'll go with that it then doesn't matter don't know. i don't know yeah i should have came equipped it's with the more protein, scientific right is a form of protein that is in that is, that is found in milk, and how someone way, accidentally or intentionally came about this process is baffling to me. Right. It's like the vulcanized rubber when the dude accidentally spilled some on his stovetop, and now <laughs> I think that was a story. I feel like that's yeah. got to be a similar thing. Sounds like great. All the three things dumped into a bucket, and then it's like, oh, this actually tastes pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> 
This drink is delicious. It is. And I also got to give props to the concept of this this podcast. I totally did not get it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get it either. I didn't <laughs> get it during the Once text. he said it, I'm like, I get it. Or it yeah. It's yeah. great. I love it. See, I thought you guys punch were on board with the texts when I... Uh, Each episode I, is a punch. Yeah. God. My God. We have not <laughs> lost anything. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, well... But just having done them, like, you can take... This could be 24 to 48 hours. So you put all the booze and you put the citrus. In my case, there's also spices and pineapple involved. And I let that sit overnight. And then you dump it into the milk. I prefer that way. Dump the booze part into the milk. Gets a better uh, extraction. And then you could let that sit for a while. This was just a 14-hour process because we were on a bit of a time crunch. So are these... We're drinking the top trio of spirits and then in this is the bottom nope this is Two the different entire punches? all of everything six spirits are in this yes holy shit so actually that was going to be a question was that's what uh, that's it's for an average home bartender it's not that hard to follow the recipe by any means no i don't think i mean it is a little like you said labor intensive in the sense that you got to do some do it's a several process. steps and wait or whatever and really putting it together i put it together in probably a half an hour right but the straining takes so long i did like five passes through cheesecloth and then three passes through a coffee filter to get it to be this perfectly clear liquid and once you're in the coffee filter phase it takes so long so I just dump it all in the filter and just put it in the fridge and let it go. And it just like slowly gets through. But definitely worth it when you can uh, pull out something as gorgeous as this. Even though technically, I could paint a picture for our listeners. It looks like a jar of pee. <laughs> but a clear. lot of them don't always look like that. Like a lot of them are very clear. Yeah, and it really tones. depends what you have going. Because yeah. I have like a lot of um, you some dark aged, spirits in there. I right? got some aged stuff. I got some green chartreuse. There's... Um, pineapple muddled in there so it's still pretty clear considering what goes in and if we had it sitting around a large chunk of ice it would look right. a lot more clear a, a large clear chunk of ice yes which you know gets us right into this second second ingredient which is clear ice uh which clear ice week by the way last week yeah Last week was? Last week. So by the time this airs, it'll airs, be like it'll be three years ago. <laughs> we were supposed to have crystal clear ice, but because of all my uh, timing misfortunes today. It's pretty clear. It would have been because, yeah. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Camper English. He runs the website alcademics.com. That's his name, Camper? Camper English. He's like. That sounds made up the guy for creating crystal clear ice at home. He's like, when you Google camper English, the autofill is clear ice. One can only hope and aspire <laughs> to that. That would be beautiful if you typed in my name yes. and clear ice. So he goes with the directional method. You buy like just a regular square rectangular cooler from Home Depot, fill it with filtered water, and rip off the top, put it in the freezer. And so it's directional. It freezes from the top down. So all the cloudiness will settle down to the bottom. And you're good. You're left with like just beautiful, clear, wonderful ice at the top. And you just chisel around it. 
Well, so another technique I've seen. Ah, God, take damn, it easy. I just smashed my finger. Oh, let me see. Um, let me see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So it freezes top down. So yep. you can't see this as a listener, but once it got to about this point, mm-hmm. Micah, if yeah. you were to pull it off. This is still liquid, so you just kind of break it off. That's where the cloudiness is. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to chisel it away. Yeah, it's a real pain Because in the when ass. you start cutting into that type of stuff, I've had it where it, like, it cracks a lot and, and you know, um, breaks off into different directions and you don't have that perfect yeah. square. If you can um, time it, all the better. I yeah, usually cause forget. Because you, like, you got to, what's that, like five inches? Yeah. Four inches. I'm like this close to buying the cheapest bandsaw that Home Depot has <laughs> and just yeah, really streamlining the process. Rip yeah. It right off. Well, yeah. Uh, a little bit of a shout out plug here for Will Mejia, actually. And on Instagram, he goes by at Tortilla Mejia. And I know him. I've never actually met him in person. However, he and I have had several conversations back and forth on Instagram. He's uh, also a local guy. He is actually the one who recommended me for the Margarita of the Month um, program. Oh, full circle here. here yeah. Right? Bring him on the show. <laughs> we should show? bring him on the show. Can we call what? this a show? Sure. He, right. <laughs> he uh, has posted – he did post for Clear Ice Week several – I wouldn't say tutorials, but just like clips of – kind of like uh, time-lapse clips of him making the same, making clear ice, same method, the, oh, yeah. the directional freezing and everything. And, and it is kind of cool. It's not going to give you like a step-by-step, but it is kind of cool if you just go on there to see a 30-second thing or whatever of him busting it out, kind of, you know, wetting it down a little bit, sawing off the top, the the, the cloudy portion of it, and then breaking it down into little, you know, two-inch or whatever uh, yeah. cubes. And that kind of just shows you how... They kind of can do this and break it down when you go to these nice cocktail spots, how how the ice is generally made. I mean, they might yeah. have some more sophisticated industrial methods. but They might not be using coolers. No, probably yeah. not these small coolers. <laughs> they drop 30 Home Depot but coolers. But it goes to show yeah. for home bartenders that you can literally get a Rubbermaid or even a Styrofoam cooler. Yeah. No, and home bartender is the way to go because you could get 15, 18 big cubes out of here yeah i would say out of this block yeah and that's a lot of cocktails at home you know big for uh for the restaurants i'm sure they've you know dropped i don't know 20 30 grand on the machine that you know does the directional freezing yeah, itself this cooler or, cost me 12 there's bucks. one that i've seen one that like vibrates oh right yeah so that all the um impurities you know, kind of vibrate out the top mm. before it freezes, but you know, it's very expensive. Or the one that just actually like makes the the clear. Have you seen this uh, fridge, by the way? This LG fridge? No. Mm-mm. LG fridge makes uh, has a feature making clear ice balls. Really? Ooh. Yes. Newest thing. I mean, it's like a five thousand dollar fridge <laughs> or something ridiculous. That worth it. Yeah. Have you told Misty about this? <laughs> no. Because I was just looking up uh, anniversary gift ideas. Apparently, the modern uh, gift for the four-year anniversary oh. is appliances. Mm. Really? That's what it said. Oh, I don't remember that. We're past four years, thank God. Tell her. <laughs> Tell her about it. You know, there's an ice ball fridge. <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
I've, I've seen it on ads. I don't. I haven't heard any personal experiences with it. Probably because nobody wants to spend five thousand dollars for an ice ball fridge. Right. But um, is it like a fridge that also makes ice balls? Yes. So you can put your groceries in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it is just an ice ball maker for five thousand um, dollars. That's that's actually a deal for an ice ball maker. <laughs> uh, so yeah, clear ice week. It is always it is very Instagram friendly. I'll tell you that it looks awesome. With that said, though, I searched hashtag Clear Ice Week. There was about a hundred or so posts. So oh, not as strong as it posts. should. Yeah, beautiful posts, but it's a uh, no Negroni week. It's got some catching up to do. Yeah, I don't know how big it is in terms of like I don't know how many sponsors. I think one guy just started it. Well, I'm on board. But I must follow that one guy or something. Yeah. Because like, it pops up in my uh, feed often. Uh, so. Topic number three. <laughs> Prohibition. 100 years ago, January 1920, the 18th Amendment went into effect, outlawing the sale of alcohol beverages in the United States. I'm not reading from notes at all. President <laughs> Herbert Hoover described Prohibition as a great social and economic experiment. Noble in motive and far-reaching in purpose, which is where the uh, whole prohibition, noble experiment kind of terminology comes from. Uh, it's a heavy, in-depth topic, and I didn't think it was so late. I mean, obviously, everything's got got more to it than you would think, but I'm reading Last Call by uh, Daniel Okrent, and it's like 500 pages. I'm halfway through it. Prohibition's got a lot of stuff. Needs its yeah. own episode. We probably won't get to it because it requires a lot of research. Well, we can, we can get into it, but we can research and then do it uh, in December. Yeah, as the last shout out when to twenty twenty. There we go. When it was lifted. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy that I did not really kind of contemplate or think about very much until this whole prohibition theme came around with all these parties and everything is do did you see how long it lasted prohibition lasted 13 years you know these people were like rocking without booze well mm. they weren't really <laughs> yeah. but legally yeah legally were without it for 13 years uh, i don't know why but in the back of my mind i always thought prohibition like like the quote goes you know was an experiment that lasted i knew for a couple of years and i for some reason in my head i thought it was like five or six years tops 13 years that's a long time yeah that is a long time i know come on i can't believe it took him that long to <laughs> figure their shit out but yes that is an episode in and of itself that yeah we, we should talk about sometime but we Lots put it of good in the prohibition cocktails yeah i mean we definitely talked about that before but it was in the outline we covered it that's right we said we were going to cover it <laughs> we're True to our word. All right. So looking back, Micah, I'm looking at uh, yeah. favorite well, I, booze. I thought we we're in January and everyone does their lists yeah. of, you know, best and worst kind of thing. And so I thought, uh, what was my favorite booze-related thing or drink that I had last Ow. year? This was an easy one for you. Yeah, way easy. <laughs> so uh, my wife and I went to... The office mm -hmm. located underneath the aviary. It was an amazing experience. It was 
It was awesome. And their Vintage Spirits book is ridiculous. And green chartreuse is one of my favorite things to drink. So uh, my goal was to get the oldest green chartreuse within our general budget. We still blew past yeah, the budget because it was so expensive. Are you, do you want to put that on record how much it was or do you want to keep that to yourself? Because it was like a special occasion. Special occasion. Me and the wife got out first like big night out after, <laughs> you know, having a baby. She got a truffle oil infused white Negroni. I didn't like it because I hate truffle, but <laughs> it was still also made with a bunch of vintage spirits. I got green chartreuse from 1979. That is a big night, you know, For after you have a baby, it's your first night out. It's a big special occasion. You're out of town. You're out of one of the best places in the country. That would be the only time you could pull off something like that. Where else are you going to get green chartreuse from older than yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Wasn't, didn't they have some from like, oh, they like had forties. The yeah. They have just an extensive collection. Like yeah. it is just amazing. I could just flip through that book for hours, just like marveling at how they've acquired so many aged spirits. Yeah. The office has, I know last year they were nominated for world's best spirits list, you know, top five at tales cocktail. I think it's even been a few years in a row. So they've always just been at the top of the game. When yeah. It, comes to it was incredible spirits. What about you, Dinger? What was your favorite booze-related thing? I feel like for you, it's got to be, um, I mean, you're around it all the time, right? So, But did you have something that you really enjoyed drinking, I guess? No, I think the uh, the coolest thing that I drank had to have been uh, 1956 Armagnac. Mm. Oh, man, you guys drank some cool shit. What was the experience around that? Uh, what so paint us a picture? It was uh, local. It was at you know a lot of a lot of establishments now are, are really big on the break even series, yeah, break even bottles. So they're you know they they found that it's really unfortunate for their guests, you know, many who can be very loyal, very regular, uh, to still not be able to have exposure to or be able to afford really rare or vintage spirits. So they started offering them at cost, at their cost. So one ounce at the same exact cost per ounce that they purchase. And then you can, you know, try these things more. This one was still, I don't know, maybe close to 50 bucks an ounce Yeah, for this pour, but definitely worth it. And the, it was at uh, cotton and copper in Tempe, South Tempe, yeah, Tempe. um, Sean Trainer owner the whole team there is awesome the the chef is insane Just such great food and they 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 had this you know i think at the time of bottling it was 65 years old it paired it with oysters on a half shell just you know brininess with really old woody dry armagnac it's pretty insane i didn't I kept just like barely letting it touch my lips yeah. so I could taste it, but not actually really <laughs> consume much just to mm -hmm. lengthen it out. So it was good. It was fun. So 1979, 1956, uh, what do you drink? Well, well, 
I don't know if you guys heard of a little something called Bud Light Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe there's a Bud Light Seltzer, by the way? Yeah. This seltzer shit is getting out of hand. Yeah. Right? Like I sent the picture I mean, of the other one. Yeah. That's insane. There's like whole cases of it now, like whole big uh, stands of it in grocery stores and everywhere, man. Too far. Well, yeah, it's Budweiser. Yeah, How I much know. money they have? I know. Market's just shit out of that. No one asked for that. Yeah, it's a bit much. Uh, everybody demanded that because of the sales of White Claw. Yeah. Couldn't, uh, couldn't keep that in stock at one point in 2019. That's just silly. It is. And I'm not even, I don't even hate it. No, it's fine. Like I, I'll, I, a White Claw by the pool in the summer here is not the worst. It's 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 pretty nice. You're part of the problem, Mike. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't seek out Costco-sized cases of it. Um. I will say though this year that I um, that uh, and I've talked about it is I won Scotch Night so you know now Ardvig Drum holds a special place in my heart because hmm. it's hard to win Scotch Night so that was one of the uh, finer moments finer things that I drank this year but other than that I really don't have any cool cool spirits I'm just not cool like you guys I mean did I'm you, sure you did though did you make one that you, you cocktail. You know Your what I made that I love? featured at a, a local establishment? Yeah, but I was thinking, I guess good. I was thinking of a, a spirit. And the competition, man. doesn't have to man. be an old spirit. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, making the... I, you had some booze highlights, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I see it on Instagram. All well, you guys all fell for it. I just wanted time. you to put me up. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of, I was trying to just think of a spirit, like something. Um, no, I said just booze-related thing. Mm, oh, well, then, yeah, that's probably the highlight of my I year. just happen to have had some vintage green chartreuse <laughs> that is really awesome. You could have named anything. And if you had me go first, I probably would not have remembered the one that I had if, if Micah didn't speak of his vintage spirit. Well, I guess my so goal for 2020 is to have a vintage spirit. But in 2019... Yeah, I was uh, messing around with margaritas for the most part. Well, I think the point is, whoa, you had a lot of personal <laughs> growth in 2019 <laughs> in booze things. Yeah, yeah. When you when now that I'm looking back at you, you know your notes and stuff, I guess yes, booze related thing definitely was the drink, the feature of the drink, um, the Campari competition. I feel was like that this just year? you did a bunch over. of competitions yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. I thought did that you was do 18. multiple competitions? Well, no, I've only done one competition. Oh, yeah, the one that you bombed. Killed it. Didn't forget. I remembered all of my product. That competition? Mm-hmm. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, whatever. On the flip side, yeah. I definitely had a miss last year, not that long ago. So we oh, yeah. talked uh, very briefly about the Thanksgiving where I got to make the drinks. Yes. I was trying to do a sweet potato old-fashioned. Where did you get that recipe from? I, I made it up. Oh, okay. And that that was probably part of the problem. So I was in Whole Foods, and I was just looking at the different sweeteners because I thought maybe there'd be something cool, and I saw some sweet potato sweetener. And I was like, oh, that would be cool for an old-fashioned. Dump in a little of that with, with some bourbon or rye whiskey. Uh, be perfect for Thanksgiving. It was awful. Okay, why? Why did you think it was awful? I just think the the syrup is awful. It just it tasted really bad. Sweet so, potato syrup. Yeah. Uh. There's probably ways you could do, and I know I sent you a text about it. Whoa, and and you 
had a different route of going about it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you can share that, like if, if you actually did it and had success, but just getting the store-bought sweet potato syrup, no bueno. Yeah. And so I am glad that I did some taste testing before I batched a whole big thing thinking I got it because that was disgusting. Yeah, I also did a variation of this. And I have to think a little bit of what my biggest miss, I don't know if it was my biggest miss of 2019, but it definitely was not a great, was not my favorite drink. Um, I got the recipe from somewhere. It wasn't, I didn't come up with it. And it was sweet potato infused bourbon. Uh. And so you actually took the sweet potato, but you also uh, kind of, Cooked sweet potato? Yeah. I was going to say you cooked as you cooked it and added a bunch of different spices like allspice and clove and a bunch of other kind of fall spices to it. And I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. And then you infused that into the um, bourbon. And really what you got was bourbon that was kind of had this folly spice to it. I don't know about sweet potato. Like I didn't get a lot of sweet potato out of it because I feel like sweet potato, the more I thought about it or after I had that, I was just thinking – when you eat sweet potatoes at like, you know, Thanksgiving or holidays and everything like that, it's like all about the sweetness and butter and all that stuff. It wasn't really all about sweet potato, but the drink was not, not a big hit. So the one thing that I did kind of like about it is you made it with, uh, it was a Manhattan variation, I think. And so mixed it with a little bit of chai infused mm. vermouth. That was kind of neat. I did like the chai vermouth. Yeah. Added a little uh, a little something different. But uh, like you, kind of a miss. Wouldn't wouldn't make it again. Yeah. So we actually had a sweet potato uh, Manhattan Riff cocktail on the parlor menu years ago. Mm. This was like probably when Josh was still there before oh, he left. That was before we met Koi. It might have been after, but it was not too far after, if so. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't recall the era. But we did a puree. So same. That's why I mentioned the cooked. We did. We cooked them, got the fall spices in, got all the flavors, blended it down. I think maybe even did some sort of like cordial in it to thin it mm-hmm. out so it wasn't this like pasty it was pasty, thick. the one I made. <laughs> and even still, as it sat a little bit, you could see some sediment and some things yeah. maybe starting to separate. So aesthetically, it probably wasn't Mm-mm. the most pleasing cocktail, but the flavors ended up being good. And I think that was because it was a puree that went into the cocktail instead of an infusion and then strain out, right? Because when you did your infusion, you then strain it all out. Was that your what, so? What was your biggest My miss, miss of twenty twenty? Yeah, of twenty nineteen. Sorry, I twenty nineteen was a year. Uh, it wasn't really a year of cocktails for me. Yeah, it was a lot of whiskey. The prior year, I think, was tequila and mezcal, um, which then putting some into cocktails or just sipping like uh, a wild mezcal. But this last year, the I feel like there's a lot of bourbon, a lot of whiskey. And to me, it's hard to miss when you have like a good. Good whiskey, man, is. Cast strength. Is good. Non-chill filter, just like all the meat potatoes still in it, nothing filtered out. 
I mean, I have a lot of misses, a <laughs> lot of misses from back when I was bartending. Do you have an example? But I didn't bartend in yeah. 2019. Give, give us a yeah. miss. A miss? It wasn't 2019. What was one? From 2014? Some, I want to know Can something. Can it be 2014? That, whatever. whatever you, yeah, that just, was a long time uh, ago. Yeah, actually, for a that was the last time he had a bad drink, by the no, way. No, wow. that was <laughs> quite the run, my not friend. Not the last time, but... This is the first thing and the only thing this is my this might be why I have a block because this is what comes up to my mind anytime I think about like totally bombing a cocktail and even so bad to where there's certain flavor profiles that if I taste it it takes me to this drink which then takes me to like grade school <laughs> like the bad nostalgia. So Campari and I was preparing for a competition and I was like, what if they throw something at you? What if it's like, you know, last minute on the fly, you got to create something. So I was like, all right, guys, I was at a company party. I was at the our holiday party. And I was like, just throw me an ingredient. I'll make you a cocktail. And one round, they gave me caramelized onions. Mm. And so I tried making a drink out of that. And the only thing that I could go back to when I tasted it was the powder that they sprinkled down in the hallway oh, on the vomit oh, no. <laughs> in grade school. That what that smells like is what this drink reminded me of when I tasted it. Oh, God. That sounds like a miss. Yeah, big time. It's the biggest miss that when is you now miss, you miss big. so <laughs> stuck. <laughs> it's hard. Ugh. It hurts. All right. Well, we had to go back to 2014, but you got there. Gross. <laughs> That's a solid ender there. That's really gross. All right. Well, some feedback that we've gotten is from people, particularly locals, uh, that just like to hear about some of the local stuff because we are always referencing some of these places we go to that have uh, really good drinks and uh, really good spirit lists and everything. So thought maybe we'd try a little... Uh, little segment with a local highlight and i don't have a good name for that now that i'm thinking about it but i'll just drop in some cool theme songs yeah. starting now where everybody knows your name <laughs> <laughs> i think that was taken and i'm Damn. pretty sure it's copywritten i think i just came up with that <laughs> we'll come up with a bunch of different ones here but it feels appropriate to start 2020 with century gang because it is very much the it bar in phoenix right now Right. There's a lot of new spots opening up, but that's like the spot uh, we've been several times. Uh, and it's because, well, several reasons. One, because it is extremely innovative in that it has this whole experience with like a Disney Imagineer guy that came in. It looks like you're on a train car. They took real footage from somewhere in Denver or I mean in Colorado. Uh, where you see all the trees going by and everything. It's a very cool experience. It's just not unlike any other cocktail bar experience. Actually, I don't know if you saw this dinger that it, it they were listed in Imbibe's top 75 for 2020, top top bar to check out in Phoenix. And that's like national. I thought that was pretty neat. So three bars in one. One of them serves food and drinks. One of them is just cocktails. One of them is a whole all about the whiskey it actually is a bottle kind of a bottle shop but take on a bottle shop except they're extremely kind of rare um barrel specifically selected barrels of various whiskeys so they're not ones that you can just get anywhere else um 
All right, chime in, buddy. You just, they're chomping at the bit here. No, What's up? No, hey, it's a great spot, and yeah. and I think it's there's nothing like it, not just in Phoenix, but in the country. Um, the the sensory experience is is something else. Um, I will fact check you. Platform eighteen is the um, station bar and restaurant. Mm-hmm. Man behind the curtain is the train car. That's the menu in the train car. And Gray Hen is the bottle shop. First time I was in there, I was I was like kind of speechless. I was looking around and felt like I was in a different world. You really transcend into this era. So I got a shout out, Cotton Copper. Yeah. Had dinner there tonight before we came in here to podcast. Been there before, but just reminded again, like that place is really awesome. Good. Food. All about Arizona. Um, Cotton and Copper, two of the five C's. Two of the five Arizona. C's. They're you know using ingredients, indigenous to Arizona. It speaks Arizona, everything about it, including the, the, the jackalopes. Yeah. First time I've ever there. seen that uh, true native reference to native people. So, uh, Oh, the, yeah. the bean spread? Spoiler alert, I'm, I'm Native American and work with my tribe. And I'm not going to make fun of Dinger because everybody makes this uh, mistake when they say it. But the word is very kind of interesting looking. You wouldn't know how to say it. And when he was pronounced or when he was asking, hey, do you want to get this appetizer uh, it's something, something bean, bean spread. And he said it. And I was like, what, what is the bean spread? And you said it again. And I looked at the menu cause that is the, it was like the common mispronunciation of that word. And the word is autumn. That's how you would say it. But it's, it's spelled like, Oh, Odom. Oh, com, Oh, not apostrophe. Com, uh, oh, apostrophe. Odom. Kind of. H A M. Yeah. And I looked and I was like, that's a word I see in like, you know, the tribal papers and just, it's, it's a reference to tribal people all across the state. And it was just kind of funny to see that. And I was like, I didn't realize that they were, I didn't know that they were that honed in on the locality of everything, Arizona, everything in the Valley. So that was really neat. Um, Big shout out to cotton and copper. That was really cool. Yeah. Good drinks, good food. Yep. The whole team owner, Sean trainer, chef, Tamara Stanger, Tiffany Fowler, manager, whole team <laughs> so we did two local highlights two local highlights that and century grand both of which i have not been to so yeah. <laughs> thanks for including me guys yep <laughs> what we got to bring a third in what's your local shout out because you used to be a downtown guy yeah so give us downtown give us the uh, place to be downtown right now well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the nostalgic route because i recently few weeks ago had uh, my second wedding anniversary our first date was at the rum bar yeah it's been a long time since i've been there but we we go there on occasion often on an anniversary or some special event uh so it will always hold a special place in my heart because on that date midway through first drink i knew i was gonna marry that lady (laughs) and i did that's big yeah powerful yeah to that place yeah and the drinks were fantastic well thanks for including us in that one (laughs) did you get a postcard yeah you got a postcard again i saved the postcard from our first date and since the one year anniversary is paper 
I presented oh, the postcard that I saved from that first date. Because I'm like the sweetest guy in the whole Pretty world. Pretty much. Sorry, ladies. He's taken. But man, <laughs> this guy, we've always known that Micah wears his heart in sleep, but he is. But she knew so I kept thoughtful. it, so she knew it was it was coming. But still, don't matter. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Putting the rest of us to shame <laughs> while we look up what the first anniversary is like two days before the anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Dinger just wants an ice ball fridge, so for yeah. his anniversary. Hint, hint. Same sentimental value. <laughs> Can we get this published before April twenty second, so she has time to <laughs> shop. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great getting back in the studio with you boys. Yeah. I um, wish I could say the same. No, it's good. This is good. Yeah. It's good. Happy to be back. Ah, that milk punch is so good. Dang, I'm about to make some of that. That is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to make it real boozy, and it still just turns out so smooth. It's Ooh, dangerous. List. Batavia Arak Van Oosten? <laughs> Get out of here. 100 proof. Batavia Arak Van Oosten? Dossling Black Seal 151, Rand Nephew 126. By the way, had a Rand Nephew Negroni earlier tonight. So good. So really good. good. Really good. That was really, real tasty. Westland Whiskey 710, 110, 12 proof. Damn. Fucking 129 bookers. So the only problem with this is if you have to buy all those bottles, how much do you think this punch goes for how much would you have to charge to break even on that punch yeah that's i mean this this would be silly i dumped some stuff in i wouldn't normally dump i mean in, but i don't uh, you're only putting a half a cup though yeah eight right, ounces but you can't four buy ounces, half a ounces. cup at the store you gotta buy all the bottles yeah right but if you're putting a half a cup you have one two three cups of booze for the entire drink so if you're costing out a per drink cost for this batch, it can't be that much. But if you're still just going by, you're a home bartender. You got to buy a bottle. It's like a, no. a decent amount of bottle expense here. Yeah, those... I've been on this weird sort of kick to try and get through a bunch of my booze. Me too. Like in the back of my head, I'm I went back to our you know 12 bottle bar. I was like, I wonder if I can actually pare it down to 12 bottles and actually adhere to what. No, I would say. I'm getting close. Oh, man. If anything, I'm getting bigger. I know. I've resisted the urge to buy so many different things. I'm trying to shrink it. So my problem has been over the holidays uh, doing this or doing some batching for everything. And with that comes buying a couple bottles and like having still a little bit left of each bottle after I finish batching and and then maybe just an extra bottle here or there. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have. You need more shelves? I don't need more shelves. I just have to drink, you know, f- several nights a week. <laughs> That's all. I want to. I just need more friends to come over and help me drink. I call that stress management. <laughs> yeah. I want to give a shout out to the uh, 375 mil bottle. I'm starting to really <laughs> yeah, appreciate seriously. that because a lot of these, I just want to know what it tastes like and play with it a little bit. I don't need the full bottle. You know what I'm giving a shout out to? Yeah. Total Wine, man. I feel like they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, picking up a lot of product. The, uh, the the section that used to house kind of some cordials and, and kind of anything off brand that you just weren't really, wouldn't really, that we would be looking for, Micah and I, 
that you, we'd have to go to Tops Liquors or something like that to find. They have like six shelves of it now. They're just I think they're doing a good job. I mean, still there's still a lot of things that I, you know Tops definitely has the most, the the largest selection, but I'm finding more and more, and I appreciate it because it's just there's more of them. It's more easily accessible. Yeah, shout out to the Evil Empire. That's right. Dick. Yeah. You know, hey. I was going to say shout out to Tops. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Tops. There you go. Shout out. This is going to be, we're going to have a shout out episode. <laughs> all these shout outs. Cut them all. All right. Well, uh, I think we're still on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. We're definitely still on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcast locally. So uh, hit us up. Go on there. Rate us at least three stars preferably five please just do five okay five if, if you don't like us send us an email and tell us how we can improve okay five stars <laughs> fine micah's high maintenance uh and then hit us up at always parched on instagram we're on always parched at facebook and we're still not on twitter because micah thinks that's a garbage sphere of oh, hate mail yeah. yeah or something thank yeah. you for this super Thanks. silky smooth punch yeah, I'm going to post the recipe so you can see just how much effort and love I put in to this drink. Boys, always a pleasure. Ultimately, I wanted to zing dinger, but mm, do it. I didn't get yeah. around to it. Do it. Might as well just uh, say it out of context. Well, because I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a bit nasally right now. Oh, so <laughs> now go. you sound like me? No, no, no. I was going to zing you in a far different way. I'll get there. You just wait. Just zinged yourself. <laughs>